I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We are in Isaiah chapter 35. We saw in Isaiah 34 where God was warning about the downfall of Edom and how it would become this wilderness that was overrun with owls and ravens and ostriches and birds of prey, various raptors and ceremonially unclean animals. And now watch in chapter 35 where the complete converse is spoken over what God would do for his people, his chosen nation. This is Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land will be glad. The desert will rejoice and blossom like a wildflower. Okay, so we're going to see now what was wilderness turned into a garden. It will blossom abundantly and will rejoice, also re, uh, rejoice with joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, steady the shaking knees, say to the cowardly, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming. He will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. The water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert beautiful, famous uh, Puritan-era um, uh, devotional book. that Bellaby draws, draws its title from this. There's other references to streams in the desert, but I think this is the one that inspired the title. The parched ground will become a pool, and the thirsty land springs, and the haunt of jackals in their lairs. There will be grass, reeds, and papyrus. That's paper you can, you know, write on. A road well, uh, uh, that produces paper you can, you, can, you can write on. A road will be there and a way. It will be called the Holy Way. Do you see these messianic prophecies latent within this text? The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for the one who walks the path. Fools will not wander on it. There will be no lion there. No vicious beast will go up on it. They will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk on it. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come to Zion, that's the mountain of the Lord, think Jerusalem, with singing, crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee. This, this uh, verse 10 is uh, a repeated anthem. It, it come, it's going to come up again, uh, I think verbatim in chapter 51, verse 11. So this is, a, this is sort of a motif that's going to return later on. The ransomed of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. That's gorgeous. To be crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them. Think on, uh, think, think on the beautiful imagery of being overtaken by joy. Right now in this world, in this sin-stained world with sinful, uh, with sinful desires that wage war with the Spirit of God dwelling within the heart of every Christian, we often have to fight for our joy. You ever feel that way? But this is describing a beautiful redemption coming from the Lord whereby joy will just overcome us. You get these glimpses of heavenly joy here on earth. All right, I got those glimpses, especially when I was just on vacation with my family. I got another glimpse of that just this morning, having breakfast with my son. I get these glimpses when we go to this, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, it's not the greatest water park in the world. It's called Wild Waves, and it's in Auburn, Washington, and 
you know, we would take our kids there over the summer. Having come from Orlando, it's hard to compete with Disney and Universal and all that, but we have a special place on our hearts for this little park because we're just there together. And when we're there, some of those other moments, those glimpses of heaven come. You know where they especially come, right? Not only when I'm spending time with my family and in my, in my house um, and when everybody's blood sugar is up, <laughs> in the Redemption Church during worship, in Lake Sammamish when we're baptizing, when I'm there at the... Uh, when, I, when I'm there at the, the bedside of somebody who's in, in the hospital and they give their lives to Christ, uh, when I see marriages transformed, and in my small group when we see prayers answered, I, I get these glimpses where the joy just can't be stopped. These are just little flickers describing the coming roaring inferno of what God will do. To be overcome with joy, to be overwhelmed by joy means that you're not fighting for it. You're not faking it. It doesn't come from a pill or a substance. It's something that you cannot help. You cannot stop. And that comes from God. That is a description of heaven. You're getting a taste of the power of the age to come when you experience those glorious, joy-filled, spiritual moments here on earth. It's when your hand reaches out to the door of heaven above and you can feel the heat radiating off the handle and you can feel the voices of the angel choir shaking the door itself and you get just this glimpse of what's to come this is an incredible an incredible promise that leaves us courageous right there's this prophecy of the holy way Jesus himself is the way. He would say this. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. That's John 14, 6. So you can see how this road, this way to the Lord is, uh, is prophesied to come. Jesus is the way. Did you notice something as well in verse 6, this similarity between uh, the promise of even those who are lame, not just getting up, not just walking, not just functioning, not just given ample prosthetics, but able to leap and not even just leap like I could to be able to leap like a deer. I immediately, when I read that verse, I, I think about the book of Acts and I think about the man who was lame and he, he's running around, he's jumping around uh, after he's been healed by the full power of the Holy Spirit. And he's on trial later for it. And he's just standing there healed and there's nobody who can say a word about it. I think this is a prophecy uh, that, that I, I think is, is typified by those events in that particular healing in the book of Acts. We see the ears of the deaf unstopped in the ministry of Jesus. We see the eyes of the blind open. Do you remember when John the Baptist's faith faltered? I do believe that's what's happening in, in, in that event. Like we see our previous series in, uh, in, in the Gospel of Matthew. All right, uh, I, I do think that when, when John the Baptist's faith uh, faltered, what Jesus reminded him of was these prophecies uh, that would describe the ministry of the Messiah. And Jesus had fulfilled all of these. These were all coming to fruition. The eyes of the blind will be opened. Um, this is the result. This is the, this is the, the, the application. All right, strengthen weak hands. Steady the shaking knees. Are you scared to come out in your Seattle workplace as a Christian? Strengthen your weak hands. Steady your shaking knees. Say to the cowardly, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming. He will save you. Here is your God. 
vengeance is coming. His vengeance is coming. His retribution is on its way. He will save you. Man, that ought to light a fire under you. That ought to make you bold. No more shaking hands. No more weak knees. The Lord's retribution is coming. He is the one who will save you. He has done this. The prophecy about the one who is the way to heaven is absolutely fulfilled. Jesus is the way and he has come. He's resurrected and he's coming again. So every other prophecy in this text is also absolutely true. Let your faith be substantiated by this. Your Lord is the one whose retribution is coming. He's the one whose justice will come and will save you. I'll see you tomorrow.